I just wanted to point out vitality, fantastic word for the kids film. So, <laughs> hey, you got to get them used to like their stat blocks early. All right. We got like vitality. We got like charisma, dexterity, strength. You know, you got to get them used to the concepts so that I don't know. Where, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know why I didn't have an end point. I thought I could come up with an end point. I'm not. I'm only so good at improv. There's no end point to learning stuff. I, I appreciate You're just going to play D&D. What's poppin', y'all? Welcome to Post Finale. I'm your host, Ankit Madeira. I'm an actor and a musician who hasn't seen a lot of films. So to keep my friends happy and potentially provide a new perspective on some popular films, I am on a quest to change that. I'm not on a quest alone, however. This week, I'm joined by my friend, person that knows Barbie Fairytopia's world significantly better than anyone I know. Someone who currently has on a Barbie shirt and a Barbie watch and just gave me the weirdest stare while I was doing that introduction. Griffin Stouffer. Griffin, how's it going? I'm going to make you flub at some point. <laughs> oh, no. I'll, I'm going to I want to get you at some point. Uh, should I do? I don't know. Should I do one of the one-liners that I have written down or something? I don't should know. I do a, should I do a couple and then you can cut out until you get the best one? How have we already gone off the rails? We are too, we're not even a minute into this recording. I know. Well, that's your problem. <laughs> uh, but like, I got a couple of one-liners in here that I was just like, oh, I could use those in the podcast. Um, I know one that's probably going to get cut out. What? What is happening? I just have a, I have a note in here that just says I'm glad the queen died. What? Okay, moving it's, on. It's so past the first minute, so we're we are we are here to talk about Barbie, and specifically for anyone who isn't aware of how we have ended up on this rabbit hole. Griffin texted me saying, "Uncle, yeah. I know what film I want to talk about on your show." For context, ladies and gentlemen, Griffin and I have now been friends for I think like twelve years. We've kind of lost track of Too how long, long it's frankly. been almost half of our lives if not half of our lives so we've been friends for so long where i was like griffin at some point i'd love to have you on the show just to talk about one of your favorite films griffin decided that their favorite film was going to be barbie fairytopia and then they revealed to me that it is not just one film but a trilogy so five well, originally, we thought it was a trilogy. We'll they're, get to well, why it's five. The two are a side thing, but they're part of the world, so it counts as five. But there's, like, the original trilogy, and then there's the two new ones. And apparently, the director's favorite is the fifth one, so now we have to do that one. Now we have now to, we have to go them. through all five. So, if anyone's curious on what we thought about the first movie, which was Barbie Fairytopia... Or the second movie, which is Barbie Fairytopia Mermaidia. You can go listen to previous episodes. They are audio-only episodes, but they do exist. You can hear all of our thoughts on those episodes. That's a quick rundown on how Three we to have four hours of content each. Each. Um, this is a quick rundown of how we have gotten to this point. Now, we are about to embark on the journey to watch Barbie magic of the rainbow we've gotten rid of fairytopia in the title it's not needed now it's just barbie magic of the rainbow and unlike most films and most guests that i have on this show where i haven't seen the film before but the guest has we're entering a new little 
stage of the show where this isn't going to be a common trend, but it will be at least for the remainder of these Barbie movies, because Griffin and I started this rabbit hole together. We're going to finish this rabbit hole together. If I'm going to suffer, they're going to suffer with me. And so we decided that this is what we're doing. So Griffin, you've also not seen the film. I have also not seen any of the ones from here on, um, which is why I've asked you for this one. And I will for the next two as well to try to guess the plot based on the DVD cover exclusively, yes. not so, reading the back exclusively the front. Right. I did do that before we get to that. This is the information I know. Obviously we know the information from the first two films. Yeah. So the majority of what we know, Bibble is a powerhouse and does mm -hmm. not get the credit that Bibble deserves. Elena has saved the world twice. Yes. That's pretty much all you need to know, ladies and gentlemen. Once per movie. Once per movie. There we go. And presumably in this movie, too. We're going to assume that Alina's going to save the world. Here's what I think is going to happen based on the cover. Alina and Bibble will be faced with the situation where certain colors of the rainbow are going to start going missing. Like, they're going to start fading, and they're just going to start becoming weaker colors and kind of start going missing. They will then need to go on an adventure to save the colors and restore the colors to the rainbow. Because if all the colors of the rainbow fade, then Laverna, who is the big bad villain of this series, is going to be able to gain the power. Which isn't completely similar to the first, but it's slightly similar to the first, so it still kind of makes sense, but like they're fading the colors instead of something else. So I think that's what's going to happen. I think what's going to happen is that we're going to learn that Laverna is stealing the colors as her little frog self. And doing so, it's not only going to steal the colors, but it's going to turn her into the new Enchantress. So whatever powers the Enchantress has by stealing the colors, it'll all transfer over to Laverna. And then the Enchantress will then become Laverna. So it's kind of like a flop of who becomes the good leader and then who becomes the evil one. I do think that Bibble is going to still be the strongest character, as Bibble is. Of course. And Bibble will still be the one to actually save the day, but no one's going to realize that and give all the credit to Alina. Naturally. Um, what did you think, think was happening? I think you've just thought of a far better plot. For <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> so... I assume you're going off the picture of the cover that I sent you. Yes. And you didn't look it up. Okay. I believe I used the same one, and it said something about a crystal castle on the front of it as well. Oh, um, okay. I'm not going to lie. I didn't read that deep into it. I read what was on it, the front, and that's oh. it. Um, but also, um, I can't necessarily promise that there. I didn't like when I was researching for the first movie specifically, because that's when I was looking at a bunch of stuff just about right. Utopia. I can't promise I didn't see anything about this movie and accidentally like vaguely remember it. Right. Subconsciously. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Not intentionally, uh, because I got a little bit right. OK, I, I got at least a little bit right, which. Not that it's unexpected. I'm a genius, obviously, but I don't know. So. All right. What's your elephant, prediction? Elephant in the room first. Pink Bibble. So Bibble's gonna f 
obviously. Sorry, Fernov. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do expect at least one Bibble sex joke. Um, and I'm. This is where I start. One. It's. I haven't even started the movie yet, and I'm already wondering if I can contact the voice actor about his role. Um. So on the cover, it the says, Bibble voice actor. Yes, Lee Tokar. Yeah. I'll shoot him an email. Maybe I will too. Um, so on the cover it says discover the secrets of the crystal palace so obviously we're going to a crystal palace at some point um i see new blue and orange friends that is obviously a portal video game references which came out on october 10th 2007 so technically after the after the movie um by like several months so obviously portal actually ripped off this movie uh but also dandelion erasure why can she not be included or do they change her hairstyle? I don't know yet. It's not that high resolution. I can't tell. Uh, the blue <laughs> one has moon wings, so maybe moon powers. But anyways, uh, a new dress, a necklace, and wings. So I foresee a new magical girl transformation in the future for Alina. Um, Hotshot guess. Crystal Palace is fairy school or some something, and they go to learn. Okay. So and yeah. then Laverna shows up. <laughs> Fair. Ladies and gentlemen, for context, Griffin and I have both stopped the film, I believe, at almost the exact same point. Cause yeah, yeah. We, so we don't actually know what's happening in the second half of this film. Yep. As always for me, but now for Griffin as well. Just Griffin for a, has for a already gotten significantly more right. So Griffin was right on certain things. Certain things. Based on where we are currently in the movie, I have gotten everything wrong other than Bibble is still overlooked. Which he is, but he hasn't done much this movie yet. He hasn't done a lot. I have a feeling he's going to have a strong second half. I'm not going like, to lie. I, I, the I'm second half when home. things actually happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, had to, we have to set everything up. So why don't yeah, we yeah. jump into it and we can set everything up. Up to 36 and a half minutes, the movie is all exposition. It's all set up so Bibble does not have a chance. And that is exactly where we stop. Finally, action started to happen. And that was halfway through the movie. And I was like, this is the stopping point. Yeah, Griffin did watch this before I was able to get to it. Just in terms of like scheduling and stuff. I saw and how that scene ended. And I was like, that is the perfect point to end. There are cliffhangers. There are questions. We can make new guesses. When we finish this one. Right? Oh my god. It's almost like you listen to the show and you know how it wow. works. It's, it's, almost like I, <laughs> it's almost like I listen to the show and then somehow have an exact line of contact to you. So I just get to I just get to annoy you with the infinite number of brain worms that I have about the stuff you've done. And then like, hey, you got this wrong. You got this right. You got this is what this actually means. Here's some information on this. It it's almost like you have a you. phone number. Yeah. <laughs> so here we go so we start with a beautiful rainbow and azura is explaining that fairytopia is ruled by the enchantress and her guardians oh look the colors of the rainbow we then have a recap of the first film i will do a very brief recap for anyone who doesn't want to go back and listen to the four hours of content on the first film but by all means go listen to it because it's hilarious and we go on multiple tangents but Here's the quick recap for anyone that wasn't aware. Pretty much all would have been lost if Alina didn't stop Laverna. Laverna was the one who was stealing all the guardians and getting all of their powers. She ended up getting their powers and then Alina 
was able to go because she was the only fairy without wings. And so she didn't get affected by the smog that made everyone not be able to fly, which doesn't make any sense because Bibble could fly, but whatever. Bibble is a powerhouse. And so Alina's able to go. She's able to stop these people and Laverna and her funguses or fungi or whatever you want to call them. She stopped them from hurting the guardians and hurting the enchantress. So the enchantress then grants Alina a necklace, which gives her wings. Alina now has wings. She loved her wings. That's the first movie. Now we get a quick recap of the second movie. Also, keep in mind, this quick recap is a solid, like, seven minutes of the film. Oh, it's <laughs> significant. It's actively, like, a significant portion. I swear to God. First five minutes, at least. At least. <laughs> minimum. Like, minimum. I did not time it. Should have. We Honestly, should have. I should have seen that and been like, cool. It's the entire plot of the first two movies. You don't need to watch them. You don't need to watch them. But so, Alina loves her wings. And then Alina met a friend in the first movie briefly his name was nalu and he's a mermaid and he was kidnapped by max who was a fungus and he's the head fungus and so he gets you know kidnapped and they're trying to find a special berry so alina goes on this mission to try to help nalu but in the process, she had to give up her wings, trade them for a tail, so that she could then save Nori, another mermaid, and a mean but then becomes a friend person. And so to save Nori and to save Nalu, she had to give up her wings and get a tail. But then they find a berry called a true self berry. And this allowed Alina to regain her wings. It's okay, everybody. Her wings are back. If Which totally was wasn't worried... because there was a toy that did that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was all plot driven. All of the plots are written after they show what the toys are going to do. Of course not, Griffin. What are you talking about? All right, well, on that note, so she gets them back. Come on, you! I expected better from you. So I was, I was just going to say something about corporations, yada, yada, capitalism. It's just going to be really boring again, okay? That's my topic for the next movie. Okay, we haven't even got I already, have the next, I already have the next two like research topics planned out, by the way. I'm um, sure. The fifth Listeners... one's going to drive me insane. I'm going to go insane, all right? It's actively going to take months off my life. Listeners, for anyone that is curious on what Griffin's just referencing, Griffin does a lot of research for these films, and I have posted these research things to Patreon, but unlike many things, by the request of Griffin, the research is free. So if you want to find more about this research and listen to some of these very interesting research topics... Go check out the Patreon page, and they'll be up there. Anyone should be able to access them. If for some whatever reason you are not able to access them, shoot us an email, shoot me a message, and I will look into it and make I'll sure that you message can you. access them. I know that you will be, but like someone else might have some technical issue. Like That's the thing. Again, you should be able to access them, but technology sometimes has a brain of its own. So <laughs> It's almost like we're fighting AI. Yay! Anyway, so... She gets her wings back. However, then Laverna eats 
one of these true self berries and it has a different effect. It turns her into a frog. And so then Alina went home to the magic meadow, happy to return to the simple fairy life. Or so she thought. That's like the first seven minutes of the film. It's it's so long. It's so long. It's like you could just... You could just do a real quick one, like um, first movie, Alina, wingless fairy. They can't fly no more. Kicks Laverna's butt. They can fly again. Gets wings. <laughs> movie two. She's got wings now. Oh no, the mermaid's in trouble. They have sushi. Let's f- go. Sorry again for not. Uh, <laughs> I stole that line from Jennifer's Body, by the way. Another iconic gay film. Um, I haven't seen it. Aside from Fairytopia. I haven't seen it. Actually, no, I've seen Fairytopia, not uh, the, not I know. Body. You've only watched two iconic gay films so far, and that's not enough. Um, Fairytopia oh. and why well, can Fairytopia Rocky Horror Mania? Picture Show? Oh, okay. <laughs> that's another joke I can move off my list. Um, I like how you have planned these jokes, and you're like, I need to figure out how to sneak them in. <laughs> Yeah, at least the half sushi one I had written over here on my notes and not down here on my phone. The uh... Oh, by the way, speaking of your Rocky Horror Picture Show one, I respect the Tim Curry reference to the Garfield Tale of Two Kitties. Love that reference. But the best Tim Curry reference is clearly the Red Alert 3 one, where he's the communist leader and he says the line where he's escaping to the one place that hasn't been corrupted by capitalism. Space! That's how he oh. says it. It's the best. I'll send you a link. Okay, sounds good. Okay, so we're at the beginning of the movie. We finally get to it. Here we go. So we open. Bibble is asleep in his flower. It opens. Bibble grabs a petal and then rolls over. Honestly, I feel you, Bibble. It's hard to get up. I'm just glad he finally got his own house. All right. Right. The real estate market must be terrible there. Anyway, also that's not a house. That is a flower. It's a bed. It's a bed. All he gets is a bed outdoors. It's something, though. It's something. Alina emerges from her flower, which is named Peony, in case anyone was curious. This is told to us in the first film. And Peony, and she sees her friend Dandelion. They fly off, and we see a rainbow butterfly who's there, and then we get the title card. Wow, I wonder (laughs) if the rainbow butterfly means anything. I don't Uh, know. We'll find out. (laughs) <laughs> I watched this. I had to watch this on Billy Billy again because I wouldn't pay for it, and I have a VPN. Fair. The title card was in Chinese. The entire movie was in English. The title card was in Chinese. <laughs> that is fantastic. <laughs> so, Alina and her friend leave Bibble behind. Don't even think about waking up Bibble. They just leave him behind, and Bibble now has to catch up to them. This entire opening sequence time again. This is also a significant part of the film. It's so long. I don't yep. understand. Well, it's why. the uh, it's the credit sequence where they it's... do like their little flight. Yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. And then it's cute. It's fine. Up. Also but... in Chinese for me. Beautiful. So he has been asleep, and he has this little cute sleeping hat, adorable. And then they have a very long pause on Bibble's flower. And then they pan away. But it's like just an awkwardly long pause on Bibble's flower. <laughs> there there are some awkward long pauses in this movie that I keep thinking, like, does this mean something? Right. And then I realize the imagery is never going to be that deep. <laughs> if if they want us to know something about something, there will, will not only be us. a pause on it, there will be like a musical stinger, and somebody will be like, What's this? You know? <laughs> 
Oh my there's... goodness! It's a flower! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there's not going to be any... Uh... No suspense. There's None. always no suspense. None. None suspense. Actually, I think the one place that we stopped at where we will end the episode is the I... only place of suspense. <laughs> I guarantee you the next scene... There is going to be no suspense, <laughs> all right? The I'll get to the one point of suspense we maybe have, but the next scene, as soon as we start this, they're going to be like, oh my god, Laverne is back. And they're going to be like, oh my god, we have to stop her. And then the Guardians Shh. will go out. We'll get to that. I'll we'll get tell to my that. guesses we'll later, we'll all right? We'll get to that. So, Anyways. Bibble gets a butterfly to the face. Poor Bibble. And we see a pixie who is asleep. She sees Alina and she wakes up. And then some pixies are all exclaiming that, oh my god, is that Alina? Oh my god, is that really her? It is her. We should follow her. They seem very excited. Bibble there, is... Yeah, com- comparison to the first one where they were complete Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they seem to love her now. Yeah. Bibble... And there's also so many of them. So many of them in this one. They've repopulated quickly. <laughs> so Bibble is lost. He can't keep up. And I'm just like, he deserves better. What is this Bibble shaming already? And all the pixies seem really excited about Alina. They start to follow her. Bibble is having the time of his life, though. And it seems like he is having fun just flying around, catching up to them. He does make himself dizzy by flying around a flower too many times. <laughs> and I, just I think he does that in the other movies too. <laughs> he does, but it still they got a chuckle out of gags. me. We use gags and I love it. I love, I love it. it. I Again, Bibble is the only good part about many of these films. I mean, like, so okay, true. this film is more enjoyable, I would say. It is actually something where I'm like, okay, if I'm watching this with... My niece, in a few years when she is slightly older, I wouldn't mind having to sit and watch this with her. I, yeah, like, I, yeah. The movies the first somehow get second. more interesting as we go. Yeah, like this one is definitely the most interesting of the three. So, like, the writing has improved. Again, we have to keep in mind this is still made for like the target audience is like four to six or maybe seven year olds. So, like, I wouldn't. I I would say up to ten. To give okay. Them, give them a wider range. Up to ten, probably. But yeah, four. But like four. So like we do keep that in mind. But it's a baby this, movie. Yeah, it, it really is. I don't know why you've decided to drag me onto this rabbit hole, but we're because I'm a pain in the ass. It, hey, if it helps, my coworkers also hate me for talking about Fairytopia constantly. <laughs> they are actively annoyed by me. Well, I can see why. So the. We then have Alina and the others. They're bouncing on leaves. Bibble bounces on one of the leaves, but he is then launched into space. And then he comes back down and lands on his head. I just feel bad for Bibble. Just the Bibble abuse is really piling on in the first, like, five, ten minutes of this film. I mean, that's that's always how they seem to do it, right? He's the comic relief character, but during these parts where there's not really any talking, the only kind of comic relief you can really do is slapstick. And And fortunately, Bibble is not barbie or human looking so you can just beat the shit out of him and make it cartoony <laughs> that is true alina and the others keep flying in circles around flowers and bibbles left behind trying to catch up bibble does come in hot though he's got some speed to him and he scares the pixies and ends up flying straight into a flower that catches him and then it spits him out <laughs> I have a specific note that that one, that gag was absolutely in the first movie. That was was very much in the first movie when they play catch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in the first movie. I'm pretty sure it was in the second movie, but I'm not. I just couldn't name where exactly. Yeah, I know that it was in the first one. 
So Bibble has something to say, and he's like, and it turns out that the pixies are following. And the pixies ask if it is true that Alina gave up her wings to save Fairytopia. And Alina's like, I mean, I guess. And I was like, well, you did. And she explains that she wasn't thinking of it that way in the time. And the pixie, one of them, just goes, I hear Laverna is more afraid than you, of you than the Enchantress. And Alina's very confused by this. And then another pixie is like, I heard you fall off all 30 fungi all at once, all by yourself. No. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is That one's not very happen. not true. We know that one. <laughs> we know that one's not true. Alina agrees. Alina's like, no, this isn't true. Like, I didn't do this. And apparently, one pixie says that her mom said that if she eats all of her broccolini, I'm sorry, broccolina, she can grow up to be just like her. And asks Alina to tell them about the times that she has saved Fairytopia. Alina looks very uncomfortable. <laughs> okay, wait, here. So, I have three notes. Yes. Uh, that progressively get more angry as I wrote them. Okay. Um, so, one is, I think they all have the same voice actor. Probably. Probably didn't want to pay more people for the same thing for uh, 30 seconds of a movie. Uh, pretty sure they're all the same character model as Azura. Yep. Um, which is pro proven that they at the very least have the same exact hair model texture. Like yep. as soon as she shows up 20 seconds later. Yep. Um, three is, are the pixies babies? Are they babies? Are they baby fairies? How do fairies reproduce in this world? How does I had that exact same question. Yeah. Oh are my the God. Pixies babies. Are they babies? I don't know. I, no understanding of the this was not implied in the first movie. It implied they were their own like race race. Yeah, they were their own set of creature in the first movie. But in this movie, they, they look the exact same and it's implied that they're babies. If they if they eat the broccoli, they can grow up to and it's implied that it's a baby? And they all look the same? I, do they do they reproduce asexually? I don't know. I don't do know. Do they reproduce? how Many children does Azura have, and why do they all keep the same hairstyle? Do they want no individuality? Are they a hive mind? Right. One, are they a hive mind? Two, are, are how do they reproduce? Is it asexual? Because, like, you know, but you do also then have the male fairies, so then why are all the pixies that we see just female pixies? Like, what's going on? Where are the male pixies? Like, I don't know. Like, what's happening? Like, are, are there young male pixies somewhere else that we just don't see? Like, I, I don't understand. I'm so confused. These are all good questions, and luckily, I need to contact the writer again of the first oh, movie. Oh, we can. I need, to, I need to. I need to message her again, and so I will. I have some more pointed questions that I need to ask immediately. We have done some more research, as in we have watched the following films. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which, to be fair, the one I got in contact with because there were technically two in the first movie, but it becomes just one of them later. The other one didn't. Didn't respond back, but the first, but the one of them, Diane, she, um, she was when she responded with like the writer strike going on is going on right now, so I'm not answering any questions, but cut try again later. Yeah, uh, it was a very respectful email, valid and fair. <laughs> um, but uh, I know for a fact, based on a different thing she had mentioned somewhere that I just happened to find that she did writing for the first movie, but then general world building that was used later as well. So we have questions so, about the world. Exactly. Any world building questions we might be able to get answered. And I can always email the director again. 
We'll find out. I'll so, just reply to that months old email and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, got, I got one more. So where we are, they have been interrupted by Azura. The Pixies aren't happy because mom has shown up. Anyway, Azura asks if Peony, the flower house, will host tea for them. They have something that they need to discuss. Alina says, sure. And Alina knows that it's Laverna, but Azura's like, no, don't worry. And, you know, where Laverna is now, she can't hurt a fly. And then I wrote in my notes, but she can eat one. And then... I think they do that joke multiple times in what we've watched. <laughs> I don't know. But so... Oh, wait, no, no. I'm, no, I'm just thinking of this one time. Never mind, because it immediately cuts to... Uh, it cuts to this. Continue. So it cuts to Max, who is watching them. And... Laverna isn't happy, and she tells him not to cut her off like that ever again. And Max, who is a fantastic character, always has a fun way of talking to Laverna. So Max just goes, I'm sorry, your amphibianness. They could hear you. Laverna isn't happy about the hurting a fly joke, and then she eats a fly. And I was like, I called it. I am glad that they still may, kept her as a frog, and they they solve it later. Um, but um, but I'm I like that there's that continuity. continuity. There's continuity. Yes, it's very important. Sometimes there's yeah. more continuity between these films than some other films that I've seen. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's, it's almost like hey, they've read or looked at the previous source material. <laughs> Well, also it's the same animators and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, same writer, so it does does help. Does help. So Max is taken aback, and Laverna says, "What? What are you looking at? What are you doing standing there? Your job is to follow Azura, not follow now follow Azura." So Max, make her British. Well, I don't know that happened. I will try to make her American next time. It's been it just too long in happened. London, dude. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um. The, 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 I'll try again. Hold on. No, just keep going. God! <laughs> I have a time limit. We both do. Yeah, that's true. So Max is like, yes, your wartiness. And he runs off and follows them. Laverna tells him to try to blend in because nobody is supposed to know that he is there. We are now in Peony and we have How is the giant weird goblin tea. going to blend in? Yeah, I, I don't know, but we will find out. Um, he actually does have he makes some it work. It's funny ways. Reasonable. It, <laughs> he's green, so he kind of looks like a stem. So it makes yeah, sense, yeah, yeah. I guess. It like, works. Also, it works. Yeah, whatever. I have issues with some of it, but like we'll, we'll we'll get there. So we're in this plant. Where is the kitchen in this flower to create the cakes and the tea? I assume it just apparates. Okay. Um. Cool. It's a magical flower. Yeah. Great. Uh, the flower still sings too to communicate, which is cute. I like that. Yeah, I, I think yeah, that's yeah. a good. I think that's a good detail. It's a nice little detail. And Bibble goes to eat a cupcake, but Alina pipes in and she's like, "Don't gluttony. you want to offer one to our guest first? Gluttony. What? Oh, gluttony. <laughs> oh, gluttony. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, "I'm sorry. You have kicked Bibble into a flower." He deserves more than just a flower. He is now a guest as well. He does not live here. Let him eat. <laughs> but, you know, Bibble being Bibble and, you know, a saint 
offers the cake to Azura, but Azura's like, no, it's all yours, don't worry about it. So, thrilled, Bibble goes to eat it, but it seems to be, like, made of a rock, because he can't make a single dent in it, and now Bibble has a loose tooth! So... So is Bibble a child also? I don't know. I is Bibble also a child to get loose teeth? <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't know what the implication there is. I'm I, baffled. I'm, I'm confused. confused. I I don't know. I I think pretty much what happened is that Bibble isn't a child, but Bibble is like one of those creatures, like a shark. Where, like, if you lose a tooth... You think he constantly regrows teeth? He can just regrow a tooth? That's terrifying. That's a terrifying concept. What sort of hell beast is Bibble? A god. (laughs) Is there a difference? I mean, look, if it wasn't under copyright, I would possibly make Bibble the mascot of this show. But, I mean, copyright. Same. Uh, <laughs> spiritual, spiritually, spiritually, the spiritually, mascot. we love Bibble. <laughs> Very important, Bibble. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't understand why we love Bibble, because you have decided that of all the films that you're not gonna watch as I go through them, you've decided not to watch the Barbie films. One, understandable. Two, Two watch them. Just go to YouTube and just search Bibble as a powerhouse. Bibble is the powerhouse of the cell. And I you is the exact video. I, I think so. And you will just understand the context of why we love Bibble. That's Very all you important. need. If you were slightly confused on what's going on, just find that on YouTube. It should be available across the world. Yeah. If you don't want to spend three hours watching these movies, spend five minutes watching spend, that. Yeah, just spend five, maybe ten minutes just understanding who Bibble is, and you'll be caught up on why we love Bibble. So anyway, I think. Bibble now has a loose tooth. So, he's apparently going to get a visit from Azura's friend, the Tooth Fairy. And Bibble goes on about how he's going to catch the Tooth Fairy. It's a cute little sequence. He's like... Uh, I can't do the Bibble voice perfectly. So, the Tooth Fairy is canon. The Tooth Fairy is canon in this world. And... I think Bibble's going to try to kill the Tooth Fairy. <laughs> that is my I understanding. Think Bib- I think Bibble's going to kill the Tooth Fairy. It's yeah. wrath. Yeah. I the Bibble <sighs> Bibble is all of the all of the emotions. Yeah. <laughs> so Alina says, "Bibble, you can't catch the Tooth Fairy." And I just wrote in all caps, "Bibble can do whatever Bibble wants." And then Azura gives Bibble a very small pouch to hold his tooth and it is soft enough to where he won't feel it under his pillow. Now, Slight problem with this. Bibble didn't have a pillow in the flower. He will magically have a pillow when he needs it. We okay. know he is capable of procuring <laughs> items. But also, this is where I specifically note, is the Tooth Fairy going to be the Chekhov's gun of this movie? Is the oh. Tooth Fairy going to show up in the third act and help them somehow? I will be pissed if that happens. You're going to be pissed because I'm going to be right. Yeah, because I didn't have that thought. You're going to be pissed because I just made the best prediction in the history of your podcast. Hey, 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 hey. Okay, you might be right, but like, come on! What other movie can you make the prediction Tooth Fairy is Chekhov's gun, all right? 
So on that note, Alina brings up to Azura that, hey, you wanted to discuss something. And Azura reveals that each guardian has been asked by the enchantress to choose an apprentice. Azura asks Alina to be her apprentice to learn the flight of spring. Alina is honored. Now, we learn from Azura that Alina needs to be at the Crystal Palace in two days' time. Azura heads out, and Alina is thrilled. She's so excited, so she heads off to tell Dandelion. Bibble follows stopping to smell the flowers, as he does, because Bibble can do what Bibble wants. He smells two of the flowers, they're beautiful. He then smells another flower, it's disgusting. Turns out that this flower is actually Max, wearing a disguise. Okay. Cool. Cool. Max right. disguises himself as a flower, honestly, kind of works. Like, until his little head popped up, I didn't realize it was Max. So, yeah. yeah. fair. We couldn't see past the screen. <laughs> Presumably, Bibble could. Bibble I think Bibble care. is choosing to live in ignorance. I think B Bibble is choosing to ignore it because it gives him a chance to be the hero later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bibble I think was Bibble like, is actively mm. choosing to avoid to not not acknowledge it so that because he knows Look, they're being followed. Bibble knows that they're being followed, but Bibble also understands that he has actually helped save the world twice and has gotten no recognition. And so maybe third time's the charm. I know we know for a fact that Bibble can always tell when they're being followed because it's happened now at the beginning of the second and the third movie <laughs> each time, preternaturally. All right. So we know he knows he's being followed. He's using this as his opportunity to set a trap for Max and Laverna so that he can stop their plot later on. There we go. Bibble's right? got this all planned out. He's a very yeah, smart puppet. Mastermind. So, Max comes back in, and he's like, Oh, your wickedness, I have news. And I was like, how did he hear any of this news? They were inside Peony, and Max was... He wasn't, like, even next to the flower. He was a good ways away. He could have moved when they were coming out. Oh, he could have well, been standing next to it, listening. You know, I... Fine, you ruined it. Things can move outside of frame. <sighs> You're right. I should know better. That's on me. You're the you're the movie man. What am I? Uh, Some dipstick? Yeah. So yeah. Laverna changed his assignments to follow Alina and not Azura. So Laverna says, the Enchantress and Alina, two fairies with one stone. Very interesting. We'll see what she means. I mean, so, we all know what she means. She's going to take them both out with one plan. Like, yeah. <laughs> We all know what she means, but we're going to see what her plan is. <laughs> I had an absolute brain moment here as the scene ended where I was just like, have we ever seen a stone in these movies? And then I was like, oh, wait, Mermadia, they're on the beach. There's definitely like some rocks and stuff over there. Uh, Nala was lounging on one in the first movie. I don't know what I was talking about. I don't know why I was like, have we ever seen a rock? I've just, I was thinking too much about how there were just like wide open grasslands and how Fairytopia has a lawn problem, much like suburban America. Uh, I don't know how I can always bring it back to some, something like this, but you know what? My brain is fundamentally broken. Also going to be an apprentice, magic school guest looking better, uh, going to the crystal palace. That one wasn't that much of a guess. It kind of just said it on the front, but I'm going to take that as a win because you didn't write it down. Yay. So that's my win. Second all right. of all, Flight of Spring. What What does that do? Does it bring spring? Is this going to be a kind of like Orpheus kind of situation where they sing a song that 
bring spring back to the world. Oh, right. I forgot. You're really like into Hades Town right now because you finally listened to the music. And that just reminded it. me. I, I've always been into like Greek mythology as well. No, 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 no. I meant, but, I know uh, Greek mythology, but I mean Hades Town specifically. But I actually think that kind of guess is somewhat strengthened by uh, later things that pop up that I will talk about when they come up. We'll get to very soon, yeah. actually. That's very no. soon. I'm looking at my notes. It's. Quite soon. Yeah, it's pretty quick. Travel time. Travel montage. Let's go. Travel montage. Before we get to travel montage, it Dandelion is like, it's a long way to the Crystal Palace. And Alina's like, we will be fine. And Dandelion's like, yeah, but you don't have to do all of it by yourself, you know? Bibble, as Bibble should, takes offense to this. And then Bibble seems okay when Dandelion calls him a very brave puffball. And we head out. Travel montage. He is brave. This is my biggest problem of the travel montage. How is Max able to keep up with them on foot if Alina and Bibble are both flying? How is Alina able to get anywhere in the first movie? This, <laughs> this world does not make sense for travel times. If so, unless but, oh, so unless it is explicitly stated that it is more difficult for somebody to get there on foot or some other method we can just assume that somehow magically they travel at the same speed across a distance, even though that makes no sense. Or we can just assume that Max is a unit. I mean, we, we know that. <laughs> he, he dresses well. He takes care of himself. Max is a unit. But also, I can't believe they're leaving Dandelion behind again. <laughs> Like, gee, not very good friends to Dandelion. They keep doing this in every movie. In the first movie, she was just a plot device to show that Alina was the only one who could possibly save it, and yet Bibble was still there, by the way. Uh, and then in the Bibble's second movie, in the second movie, she's like, no, Dandelion, you gotta stay here. I don't remember why. I don't think there was oh, any reason. Oh, it's too dangerous. Really. It was too dangerous. Yeah, it was too dangerous, and this time, it's like, you oh, don't no, have to go no, alone. No, 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 no. The first one was that Dandelion's mom would get worried, and then the well, it sec- wasn't just that; it's that the gas was affecting her, and she was used right. to show that Alina specifically was the only one who could do it because she didn't have wings and therefore was used to walk. And I think the second one was that the mom would be worried, and it was going to be too dangerous. Yes. Which wait, Dandelion's mom? If she's beholden to her mom, that means she's not an adult. So are the pixies babies? I don't how, know how long ago were Dandelion and Alina pixies. How does time progress in this world? The movies came out a year apart, by the way. This one came out March 11th, 2007. Almost exactly one year after Mermadia, which was almost exactly one year after Fairytopia. Do we assume that time passed in the real world in the same way and all of these adventures are a year apart? I would think think all of these adventures happened a few months apart, but they all happened in the same year, like calendar year. But how do we know? We don't! We have questions. We have a lot of questions. So, anyway, the head off. Max is jumping on some pedals. It's not going very well. It's funny. It's a travel montage. Cool. They look in the distance, and we see the Crystal Palace, which is on top of a mountain, and then it has a cute little double waterfall. Honestly, it actually looks kind of cool. Yeah, it's kind of they go through the uh, they go through the blue zone again from the first movie too. They do the go way. through Did the blue zone that? again. That, that's pretty good. And then I was like, I don't remember a pink redwood zone. It's because it's the castle zone. That's why it's new. That's why I don't remember it. Oh. <laughs> also. They have, like, rucksacks, or uh, Alina has, like, a bag, and then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill was supposed to have a rucksack, but I, I swear, I 
I only really noticed it like right at the end, but I, I think he just has a stick. I don't think there's a bag on it. I don't think there's a bag <laughs> attached. I think it's just a stick. Bibble deserves better. So Bibble is excited when they see the palace and he heads up, but Alina stops. Bibble's like, what? Well, and Alina's like, oh, I don't know. Pretty much Alina has self-doubt. And Bibble... Tiny bit. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit. Bibble opens his mouth to speak, but off screen we hear a character named Linden. Thank you, subtitles. We learn his name in like thirty seconds, so it's not like a spoiler. Yeah, it's not a spoiler. We like, his name real fast. Subtitles just was like Linden, and I was like, great, he's off screen. <laughs> so, I didn't have that, and I was just like, all right, who's the Hawkeye romance interest who's saving an animal based off this line? Yep, and so, that was right. So he says, "It's okay. Everything's gonna be okay. I promise." And I was like, everything will not be okay. But Alina is confused because it looks like Bibble is talking. And then we learn that this is Linden and he is talking to this little fairy unicorn horse thingy. We learn what it is in a minute. But it's cute. It's adorable. He's trying to help out this animal. And Bibble makes a noise and alerts them to their presence. And then realizing his mistake, he runs away. Love the cowardice, Bibble. Well done. Never change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, oh, I, Linden is a dumb name. First of all, we already said it, so I'm just gonna. It's a dumb name. Uh, Anyone out there is named Linden. You I don't are think not it's dumb. a commonly okay. I'm looking up how common is the name Linden. Okay, well, if there is anyone that is named Linden, thank you for listening to this show. Despite Griffin's comments, we're sure that oh, you no. are not one of the mean ones. Griffin, what horrible thing have you just found out? Oh no, I've insulted one out of every 16,000 baby boys and one out of 24,000 baby girls. How could oh, no. you? <laughs> Datawise.com. Data I don't know. How I know a few friends that are named Landon. That's very different. It is. Anyway, Lyndon, um, other than it being a weird name according to you, what else you got? I don't know why, but every time I see a Barbie movie, like, romantic interest hot boy, I feel like they're a lower polygon count or something on their <laughs> character model. I They just, like, look different. They're, like, not as high res as Barbie is. And I I don't know why I feel like that. Maybe it's just how I remember them in my mind, because they're such, like, nothing characters usually. No, it's because Barbie is Barbie. I know, I know. Because Barbie is Barbie, and they're just Ken. All right? Um... I haven't seen the new Barbie movie. <laughs> it's very important. I, I it's know. very important. Part of part of the reason why part of the reason why the new Barbie movie is so good is because in these movies, Barbie is very specifically like the stereotypical Barbie, where um, she's created to be like a perfect character, and through Mattel's rules, they can't really create make her show like a lot of negative emotions or self doubt or uh, fail that often. So she's kind of a perfect character. Um, but in the new movie, they completely subvert that by making her come to doubt herself because she everything is not what she thought it was because she's an idealized version of the world in, Bar in Barbie land. And anyways, that's one of the great factors of that movie along with all the other stuff. Cool. So Lyndon knows who Alina is and we get introduced to this little creature and this little creature is a Tumby. Tumby, Tumby! likes her. Tumby is probably introduced to be a new toy. So... Lyndon reveals that he is an Oread, and they are known for being good with languages. Bibble comes back. He seems to okay, have I got something. some type of peace offering. And what do you got? Okay. So one, still hate the weird animal faces. At least it's not the turtle. 
can't wait for this to also show up much like the tooth fairy in act three and like run into something to help um, oh yeah okay so he says he's an oread and i was like that sounds like a real word and I'm proven kind of correct because other fairies are in later later on that we'll get to are like I'm a sparkle fairy I'm a moon fairy a lunar fairy all right sure. those aren't those aren't things I looked up oread o r e a d yeah it is a real word from Greek mythology once again this is why I think my Orpheus guess might be better than I thought um so an oread according to Wikipedia is a mountain nymph associated with Artemis uh and then more importantly through looking up oreads a little bit more. I found uh, on a bunch of things, but I cited Britannica.com uh, on Oreads. Uh, Echo, from the legend of Echo and Narcissus, Echo was an Oread. So my educated guess is that the reason why in this world Oreads are good with language is because Echo, which became Echoes because she was in love with Narcissus, but was like cursed by Hera for something. And then like she was cursed to repeat things, but then Narcissus was like, Screw you, you're weird. And um, then she fades into nothing, doomed to repeat things forever. Um, so since that's kind of like a language-based curse, I can only assume that's why they chose to make Le- uh, Linden as a Oread good with languages. Cool. That's my educated guess. I'll see if I can contact the writer again. Yeah. <laughs> that's fun. some deeper world building. I don't know. Maybe the director. Who knows? I also have complete faith that you and I are thinking a lot more about this world than anyone has in a very, very, very long time. I think we're thinking about it deeper than anybody really should. I don't <laughs> think it stands up to this much scrutiny usually. Eh, probably right. not. I did, because I did Google the, like, the other kinds of fairies that they named when they would come up, and they were just like aesthetic Pinterest boards and not actual <laughs> things. Fair. Uh, so... One of them, Sparkle Fairy, was actually like a fashion line. Uh, Ooh! No E on that one, though, in the word sparkle. Odd. I, I don't know. Wasn't up to my... What is my... Wasn't my taste. Yeah, fair. Anyway, where are we? So, Lyndon says that the other apprentices seem nice. It's hard to tell. And Alina says, well, okay, we should head to the dorms. Needs to meet everyone at some point. Lyndon offers to go with, but Alina says that she'll be fine. She'll go alone. Wants to do this herself. So, she heads <laughs> off. Also... He says they seem nice enough. So I can't wait to meet the one chick who's rude to Alina because she's intimidated by the fact that she that she saved Fairytopia and Mermaidia and feels insecure, but then admits that further into the movie and that they team up and become friends just like Nori. I suspect there's going to be a repeat. I think I'm slightly wrong on that now, but at the time I thought that for sure. Fair. I thought that it was going to be a flip where most of them were just going to be mean. <laughs> so i think most of them are fairly neutral yeah so alina heads off to bibble and max falls off a tree poor max (laughs) so it is night by the time that they reach the palace and the dorms don't understand how time works in this world but fine and we see multiple little glowing balls and they're not sure which one is theirs pretty much these are all little rooms that are their dorms so bibble flies into dorm flowers are pretty cute yeah, they're they're adorable. Like honestly, I really enjoyed. Unfortunately, them. there were the Zura, but there's two blue colors. So which one are they gonna pick? Right, they picked the wrong think, one. I don't. I don't even know if they end up with a blue one at the end. I actually did not think. To I check that. didn't actively pay attention. So 
Bibble flies into a blue one. We see two other fairies that are there. They seem very closed off, not interested in having unwanted guests. And the fairy with blue hair tells the rude little one, Shimmer, I see something. And then she looks at Alina and she's like, You, you've made a horrible mistake. I see terror, tragedy, doom. And then she quickly snaps out of it and goes, Hi, I'm Lumina. Nice to meet you. Like, what? Okay, cool. So she can tell the future. Bibble says hi. He's a little scared. Alina asks if she should be worried about anything that was just talked about. And Lumina's like, eh, probably not. I feel like it should be. So, yeah, immediately it's like, oh, yeah, Laverne is definitely coming. So definitely going to be a... (laughs) The fortune telling is going to be a factor. She's going to say something offhand and then it's going to, like, happen later. And I have a feeling that's going to do multiple. And I guess that based off another, like, fortune telling thing later and that I think it's kind of correct. So I assume it's going to happen at least the third time in the second half of the movie. Rules Um, of threes. Also... So Lumina says she's a moon fairy that can read the future. I don't think that one's Greek. Uh, by looking up moon fairies, I did find something where it might be an Irish or a Chinese thing, uh, mythologically. Um, okay. I couldn't find anything reliable. That's just, I kind of, this was when I was still hoping upon hope that every single kind of fairy they mentioned was like from a kind of mythology on like fairy uh, beings. How soon um, did that, that was, hope fade for you? Uh, pretty much as soon as I finished trying to look up this one. Okay. And then it was dashed against some rocks and beaten over the head with another when I tried to Google Sparkle Fairy. And Sparkle <laughs> Fairy mythology and nothing came up. Um, uh, unfortunately, the moon is like referenced in a lot of mythology because, you know, it's a big glowy thing in the sky. One Wait, of what? two. Wait, what? I know. Wild. So it's mentioned in a lot of mythology. I can, oh my god. I can think it's of like almost five. like Hinduism follows the lunar calendar. I know. Um, it's almost like we probably should follow the lunar calendar rather than the sun. 28 days. We have consistent. Anyways. Um, so then also it might just be a like an just an astrology reference it might just she might just be like the astral astrological character and that's why she's the moon fairy sure why not so that makes as much sense as the other ones honestly okay the other ones didn't come up with that much yeah i mean lumina says that the doom and terror will happen but she can't say when and sorry and it's like okay cool thanks uh you're helpful shimmer who is the rude little one shows up and says alina should be sorry she came here to have her future read not listen to yours and i'm like shimmer is mean like i don't like her she's just rude shimmer shoes them out they decide to try another room and before they do we meet fabian and fabian is looking into a mirror and you just hear him go well look at you could there be anything as beautiful as you? And then I was like, oh, he has another mirror. <laughs> so this is where I was like, oh my God, it's a Narcissus fairy. I think I might be right on the Oread thing being related to Echo. But also this now implies homoerotic subtext between Fabian and Lyndon, which I am in full support of of course by homoerotic i mean one-sided pining from linden towards fabian where fabian completely ignores him yeah but gay nonetheless we listen to the research episode about queer coding <laughs> yeah that should be up at this point so they Subscribe go to patreon 
they, they go and I appreciate it. They go and they try to ask Fabian for help. He is very full of himself, but I absolutely like him. He's like, yes, of course, but my name is Fabian, but you can call me number one. And then he's just like, oh, do you want an autograph of Fairytopia's lead apprentice? And Alina just explains that she's like, no, I just want her room. And Fabian goes, wonderful. And then he makes out the autograph. He's like, two, just looking for Maru. For um, your shining star, Fabian. And I'm like, I love him. I am here for it. Great Let's character. Go. Fantastic Great. character. No notes. No Fantastic. Notes. Good comic relief. All we need. And we need like, one in every media thing. Yeah. And honestly, like, he's comic relief, but also, like, you can tell, like, this is who he is. Like, he is just yep. very self-absorbed. That is his character. He's not even he's trying not. to be comic relief. He just is because he's just too self-absorbed to care about anything else cool so perfect alina takes the picture gets no help and then we see that she goes to this orange bulb ball thingy and she meets an orange fairy and you know this orange fairy knows who alina is and the orange fairy says bummer i was hoping you wouldn't show explains that she doesn't care about Alina and she doesn't care about the whole, oh, I saved Fairytopia and everyone should bow down and be grateful to me and all of that stuff. And Alina's very confused because she's like, I never said that. And I didn't like this orange fairy as soon as she said something along the lines of, you said it, had someone else said it, someone else said it for you, doesn't matter, I still don't like it. And I'm like, wow, like, what like if someone else said those things for alina how can you blame alina i i'll admit i was going it helps that this character is like the uh, one of the antagonistic characters towards alina because i was going to immediately just hate on this character as soon as i saw that she was assigned the color orange because i just started calling her knockoff dandelion we don't <laughs> learn her name for like another scene i was like something sun related she's sunbathing she's got like three suns on her outfit the only reason that we learn her name at the end of this scene is again subtitles no yeah it's mentioned in like it's mentioned in like two scenes scene. past this or something yeah it's mentioned in the first lesson scene when like the teacher one of the guardians refers to her as sunburst but Something it like is that. not learned because she refuses to introduce herself to uh, Alina. Right. Also, speaking of speaking of the colors of the fairies, like outfits and hair and stuff, Shimmer's another pink fairy. Yes. Why are there two pink fairies? I don't know. I've lost track of the colors and I've stopped caring. Also, Shimmer flies with her hair, and I think that's fun. But also, that implies that Alina never needed wings to fly. <laughs> <sighs> so unless they drop another type of fairy on me that i can look up and it actually says mythologically they fly with their hair i'm not buying it sure so alina is very adamant that she hasn't said this orange fairy who we learn eventually again not a spoiler her name is sunburst but we learn that sunburst is like wow I'm sitting here in my room and you barge in and you start yelling at me. And Alina's like, I'm not yet. Okay. And she was yelling. So she stops. She apologizes. And Orange says, talk to the sparkle and then tells Alina to just leave. 
I hate her. She's terrible. We finally then meet a kind fairy, and the fairy's name is Glee. Who seems... This is the most important scene in the movie, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Very important. So, we meet Glee, and Glee's very kind, and she's really excited to meet Bibble. She grabs him and brings him in to come meet her puffball friend, Dizzle. A new love interest for Bibble? Lust? Lust. He's got all of it. We got pink Bibble. What have we what have we had so far? We've had gluttony, we've had wrath in killing the tooth fairy. Now we have lust. Something we're, like that. We're gonna Pride we're gonna, as well. Oh yeah, d- definitely pride. Pride has been there. Um On mate, you picked up on me saying those faster than I hoped you would. Uh Dude, I picked it up literally when you said the first one. Because keep in mind that I, I was... I know, I was hoping you just wouldn't say anything. Oh, but fair. I mean... Spoilers for later. Oh, okay. That's spoilers for it's later. spoilers? No, what? not for the movie. Just for later. Oh, like, okay, fine. That's... I'm plotting. That's... I'm scared. I have a, I have a monologue. <laughs> There's a reason I moved halfway around the world. Anyway, so, Bibble has met Dizzle. And Bibble is puffing out his chest. He's trying to look suave and attractive. And he goes and grabs a flower that he then presents to Dizzle. Dizzle takes it and is attracted to him because of his loose tooth. So, like... Which is an odd choice, but we love goofy guys, so... Sure! I'll take it. So, Glee explains that all the Guardians got to decorate the rooms for their apprentices and finally offers to show Alina her room. Bibble and Dizzle want to keep hanging out, and they are kind of sad, but then it's like, no, 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 Dizzle can come too. So then they're happy, and they all head out together. Alina's room looks just like home, and we hear a bell or like a chime that kind of goes off, and that means lights out. And tomorrow is the first day of classes. So Dizzle says goodbye to Bibble. They're both very sad. They keep saying goodnight to each other, and it progressively gets sadder and sadder until sunburst just yells go to bed (laughs) so i did enjoy that little gag it was fun i was um because that's like the end of the scene i uh one it's like astounding that it took them that many characters for one of them to just be like oh yeah your room your room your room's over there yeah right uh two is that glee has like a heart of vines and a star on her i don't know if these shapes are going to mean anything later they might have just been from the toy designs um i was i just keep hoping they mean something i don't even have any guesses i have no idea obviously sunburst is named sunburst because she has suns on her yeah and then the lunar fairy has like moon wings but um second i had the question of is dizzle also voiced by lee tokar Fair. No, it's Kathy uh, Westluck. Um, she does a fantastic job, also doing a Bibble thing. Okay. So they have two puffball voice actors. Nice. That's fantastic. I love it. So then Max says that he found the whole day rather dull. She met a boy who speaks to animals, swapped a little chit-chat with nattering fairies, and went to bed. Laverna tells Fungus and to come back to the rustic forest she's gonna send a firebird to bring him back to the bogs and max just goes what the bogs your fiendishness they are just so very boggy 
and Laverna is like, are you refusing an order? And he's like, no, of course not. Back to the bogs right away. And Laverna speaks to her sister in, like, you know, the existential world. She's like, ah, sister, how fitting you've made your palace a school. For soon all of Fairytopia will learn a lesson they'll never forget. Pretty good line. Not gonna lie. Yeah, pretty good line. Solid. And on that solid line, we're gonna take a quick intermission and then we will come back and do just a little more. We'll learn a little more about classes and get to the one point of actual potential uh you know suspense in this film. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the intermission. I hope you are all enjoying this episode as we continue our deep dive into the Barbie series. Oh, boy, did I not realize how deep this really goes. But that being said, thank you all so much for understanding that we just had to take a couple of weeks off while we sorted some things in our personal lives here at Co-op Forge. As most of you probably know or have heard at this point, Stephen is moving back to the U.S. And so with that change, we just needed a little bit of time to change some stuff behind the scenes and figure out a big change in our personal lives as well. So thank you all so much for understanding, but we are back and there should hopefully be no delays moving forward. But that all being said, post finale episodes are still out every Wednesday. If you are enjoying the content and you want to gain access to some bonus content, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com slash co-opforge. Sign up for any of the tiers. Any of the money that is made from the Patreon goes directly back into the show and into Co-op Forge to help make it a better experience for you, the listeners and the viewers. So thank you all so much for all of the support. And once again, you can do that at patreon.com slash Co-op Forge. If you want to support the show in a non-monetary way, that's great as well. Thank you so much. It means the world to us that you are listening, that you are watching. It really does. Be sure, hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. And even if you're listening on another audio platform like Spotify or Apple Podcasts, be sure to hit that subscribe button there as well or that follow button and turn on the notification so that you know when the new episodes drop. Post finale, new episodes every Wednesday. And the other two shows that I also work on, they're very fun. I am slightly biased, but I think they're very good shows. The first one is Flip the Scripts, which is co-hosted with Stephen Nyman, the aforementioned Stephen per se. But he and I look at the world of adaptations and start talking about adaptations. So we look at the book as well as then looking at the film. So we currently have four episodes out of that show, looking at the Percy Jackson films from 2010 and 2011 or 2012. But we were looking at the first two Percy Jackson films relative to the first two Percy Jackson books. And starting on March 1st, we are going to be looking at The Hunger Games. So if you want to take a look at what that sounds like and, you know, hear what that is all going to be about, be sure to hit that subscribe button. That episode can be found anywhere on March 1st. Now, that being said, last thing real quick is if you would like to follow us on social media, be sure to do that. It is at co-opforge, C-O underscore O-P-F-O-R-G-E on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. And you can also follow this show specifically at Post Finale Pod. Again, 
on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And that's across all the different platforms. But thank you all so much for all of your support. And let's get back into the episode and figure out what's happening in Barbie Fairytopia's land. The next morning, everyone is now awake and we are ready for classes. We are welcomed by the Guardians. Azura explains to us pretty much what we already know. Everyone here has been invited to learn from the Guardians on how to perform the Flight of Spring. Now, we learn more about the Flight of Spring and what it is. We perform the annual ritual of the Flight of Spring to release the magical rainbow, giving Fairytopia another year of vitality. I just wanted to point out, vitality, fantastic word for the kids' film. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hey you gotta get them used to like their stat blocks early all right we got like vitality we got like charisma dexterity strength you know you gotta get them used to the concepts so that i don't know where, I, don't, I don't know i don't know why i didn't have an end point i thought i could come up with an end point i'm not i'm only so good at improv there's no end point to learning stat I, blocks. I appreciate you're just gonna play D. i appreciate that you started and you were like, I will figure this out as I go. No. Yeah. No, I, I was full sending and there was just no end to that. Oh, also, also, I was like, okay, are they going to line up and it's going to be an actual rainbow? Uh, the answer is no, because I, from left to right, they went pink, orange, green, light purple, pink, purple, light blue. The uh, guardians listening, I just face palmed. Maybe they'll change into their guardian colors later as like a toy gimmick that was in this one. Um, but at least the guardians are a proper rainbow. Okay. Also Sounds only good. a year, only a year of vitality. That's pretty high maintenance. I'm not going to lie. Right. I had this thought as well after we learn a bit more. So first we use the magic to extract light from water, creating the chamber where the ceremony takes place. Then we perform the flance a combination of flight and dance, which draws the blush from the inner fountain. You see, you see what they did there. They combined the, you know, the word flight, and then they combined the word dance to create the word flance. Ah, oh, beautiful wordplay. Is so, blush also a combination of two words? No, because I, I, I couldn't tell what she think, said the first time around. Yeah. I had to like re-listen to it and wait for another sentence. I heard blush, flush, or flesh. I was not sure. <laughs> no, I think they just created the word blush. Maybe I mean, they definitely didn't create it. They just chose to use it. Yeah, yeah. So, whatever. Why not? So it looks like a flower. Finally, thing. through luminescence, we channel our light energy into the blush, releasing the first rainbow of spring. My Orpheus guess is ninety percent correct with yeah, that. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it because you have the one accurate guess on this show. So moving on. If something goes wrong, the blush will wither, and our land will be doomed to ten years of bitter winter. So... Horribly disproportionate. Right, let me get this straight. Incredibly disproportionate. Right, you have to do this ritual every single year, but you mess up one single time, and it's a ten-year punishment. Not gonna lie, kinda sounds like, you know, other things, but, like, horribly disproportionate. (laughs) Are you making a Les Miserables reference? I'm just keeping it uh, ever so vague because there are multiple things that can happen in 
just religion and Les Miserables, but also... I mean, 10 is like, a common number. Yeah. 10 is a common number, but... You know, there's a lot of things in different religions where, you know, you should do this every year or if you do this one thing slightly wrong, like it can lead to like, you know, bad luck or like, you know, that's why they're like, oh, like, you know, when you walk under a ladder, it's like seven years of bad luck or something. I don't think that that's necessarily true. I just think walking under an open ladder is just a safety hazard. And you that's an OSHA violation it. for sure. Like, just don't do that. But I don't know. But Horribly disproportionate. So, these fairies have been chosen so that one day they can follow in the guardian's footsteps and perform the ceremonies. And this is where, back to the whole pixies being babies thing, everyone looks the <laughs> yeah. same age. So, like, everyone. do they age? How much older can they get? Like, everyone looks the same age. I'm yeah, so Why do they confused. need apprentices? They're not old. Just in case, because, like, you think Laverna would be gone because she was banished. So, like, why didn't they have apprentices before? Right. When Laverna was more present. I, do, I, do, I don't understand. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. Plot. Plot. So, they are given a class schedule and the Guardians leave. I, I like how they're like, this is school. Here's schedules. So, what we learn is that Glee and Alina both have magic class first. Bibble and Dizzle are very, very happy about this. And wow. Bibble is cute. Dizzle looks a little demonic. <laughs> I don't fully trust her. And if you she think breaks... Dizzle is going to be a secret villain that shows up later? Well, I mean, I feel like Sunburst is going to be the villain. And, like, uh, well, I'll explain a bit more of why I think Yeah, we'll get to that at the end. But, really. like, I, I don't fully trust Dizzle. I just don't. She looks slightly demonic. And if she breaks Bibble's heart, I will be furious. There, there is always, there is always that chance, yeah. So Sunburst comes in laughing, and she's like, "Oh, we're laughing at Alina being an apprentice, right? No, oh, sorry, my mistake." And then she just leaves, and I'm like, "I, why? Like, why did you even need to show just up? Just to like, create antagonism? Why? <laughs> so just to establish antagonism as the main antagonist. Th that's it. Alina asks if it is wrong to wish that she would just go away. Lumina shows up and says, "Careful what you wish for." in her dream state and then lumina snaps out of it and is like oops these things come out of me and then just flies off <laughs> i uh I, I did note here like cool there's <laughs> definitely gonna be some sort of like accidental wish later maybe she'll lose her wings again i have no idea Who we'll knows? see a but, wish um, is gonna I come into play i think i suspect i there's like two things this could possibly be foreshadowing for fair we'll find out so, at magic yeah. class, each of them has strength within them to realize magic. They need to release this to separate light from water. Sunburst then goes and demonstrates this. She does it perfectly. And then it's like, okay, cool. And then I was like, let me guess. Alina's not going to be able to do it. And then she'll be made fun of. So Alina goes up. She tries it. And she's able to make two small strands. The instructor, who is just overly mean, is like, focus. And... She does, and she manages to get the light, and it looks like fireworks, and it's beautiful. Everyone is very impressed and pleasantly surprised, but she's not quite sure how she has done this. Sunburst then starts laughing, and she's like, haha, very funny, but cut it out. And we learn that she's a sparkle fairy, as you mentioned earlier. Yes, and, and well, I did say that I didn't find anything like mythologically, um, aside, aside from like a clothing brand, there's also a 
paper towel mascot called the Sparkle Fairy. So she is so a Sparkle be a Fairy. Maybe I have no idea. And when they touch water, they lose their powers. And so I was just like, "So do you just not have to drink water to survive? Cool. Like, how does that? How does this work in life?" They're gonna I splash water on her later or something. I don't know. Sure. Until they discover that Laverna took her over or whatever. Something Spoilers. like that. We're halfway through. Yeah. Alina can't stop the magic, though. She doesn't know how. So the instructor stops it for her. And then he's like, all right, you have a control issue. And that's a problem. But the technique is pretty impressive. Sunburst has competition for being the best in class. Okay. So now we're on the top of a tree. And we're having our first lesson in flance. It's a cute little dance with a lot of spinning. That's pretty much the best way that I can describe it. Also, the treetop looks like some sort of, like a, it looks like a Pokemon battlefield. Oh, it definitely does. It definitely does. It looks like a it looks like a Pokeball. Also, sorry, back to the end of the previous scene as well. Alina has control issues. That's ADHD coded as <laughs> as hell. All right, that's like so ADHD coded. I got it. So I see it in everything as well. Fair. <laughs> Flance. Flance. It's a cute little Flance. dance. It's time for this video game class. Because the first thing she does is such a video game-like thing. Yeah. They ask Alina to give it a try. All she needs to do is land on the colored gems as they appear in the sky. Alina begins. There's a cute little flute. Words are hard. There's a cute little flute music that plays. And she does so well. Even Fabian looks away from his mirror for a moment. Calls her a show-off. And then just goes back. And then everyone's like, oh, she was incredible. And... Everyone thinks that she's a show-off. Sunburst is very happy. Very much video game-esque. Um, while I was trying to find this movie to watch it, I did find that there was a DVD video game thingamabob or something. Oh, yeah. All the DVDs for these had little games on them. Yeah. And I bet, I'm willing I to bet that was bet one of the... this is one of the games on it. Yeah. So, yeah. Makes complete sense. Laverna mm -hmm. is... Back. We're back with Laverna to oh, finally let's go, the let's interesting go back characters. to Flance first. Oh, wait, we're going back to the Flance. What's happening in the Flance? One is, oh no, she feels bad for being too good. Uh, but, um, so I was like, okay, okay, what is up with these classes? Who is in each of them? Are these just the same people for each class? So I went back and checked. In the magic class in the beginning, there was Shimmer, Sunburst, Alina, Linden, and Glee. And in Flance, there was Fabian, Sunburst, Alina, and Glee. There were five people in the first class, so presumably the other two were in a class somewhere else. At least the second class is more even with four and three, because there's seven of them, obviously, seven colors of the rainbow. So it can't, sure. you can't have a perfectly even split. But that first class was so unbalanced. But it kind of makes weird. sense with what we see in a little bit. Maybe. Maybe. So, maybe. Laverna tells Fungus to move faster with the fans. This is other Fungus, not Max. And she needs to escape from the heat. And she is cold-blooded. And the Fungus, come That's up with... That's not how that like, works. Yeah. That's not how cold-blooded works. Also. <laughs> it isn't. It isn't. But the Fungus do come up with some fun lines. And they're like, I thought she was cold-hearted. No, hard-hearted. Not hard-headed and like they're laughing and laverna's like what have i done to deserve this oh my god i hate them so much laverna the Didn't only character them? who has development so yeah. 
Max has returned, and Laverna says that she can finally leave the dreaded bogs and put her plan into action. Max is concerned as he informs us that she is going to leave without a pardon from the bogs, and without having a pardon from the enchantress, she will become a real toad. Laverna appreciates the concern, but she will be a leave turn when she leaves, but only until a fairy spell releases her. And I was like, is this where Sunburst comes into play? Sunburst is going to turn Laverna back into I'm, Laverna? I also had a guess there, but also I'm pretty sure she's already a real toad, because if she could turn back, I feel like she would. <laughs> so I think she's kind of needs that anyways. Don't know what that plot point really is. I think um, I think what they mean by real toad is like, if you leave the bogs, you won't be able to speak. I guess that, uh, yeah, she could. I thought that was a like a plot from her but i i thought it was a trick but i guess that also makes sense yeah, you know yeah. What? point to you yeah um, so that that was so, my understanding of it is like she's still like half toad like she's in a toad's body but like has her mind kind of thing and like can still mm -hmm. speak and do everything okay. but then if she leaves the bog she loses that ability to speak and like that makes sense with what we see later yeah so that was that was my understanding of it mm -hmm. and it okay worked fine. So my guess that I wrote down was that, oh, a fairy spell can release her. Is Alina going to be tricked into making the wish that she should have been careful about? She doesn't know what Frog Laverna looks like anyways. We know they, they haven't interacted because Laverna was in the hinterlands the entirety of the second movie. And right. nobody except Max saw her. And clearly that persists to the beginning of this movie through that like magic medallion he's got. Yeah, that's very true. I was right. You were right. I was not. So... Laverna, spoiler alert, ladies and gentlemen, for about 10 minutes, Griffin was right. So Laverna has a reward for Max for his diligence. Max doesn't look very happy about this. We'll figure out what this is later. I feel like it's a reward that Max is going to have to do some type of job that is horrible that. that he doesn't want to yeah. do. And it's going to be something mean that he doesn't want to do. Mm -hmm. So anyway... It's now night, and we are now in luminescence class. There are two people here, which is why I think that it is possible that, like, you might have that two-five split because yeah. you only have the two people in this class. I, I will say this class is only Sunburst and Alina. Still doesn't make sense to me. I don't know why there's only two people in this class either. It, it, it doesn't make sense. I don't understand why there are only They're two just people here. Weird splits. I just I wish I understood. I wish I was. I I want. I want a 10 minute scene where they each go over their own personal schedule and I get to see every single place that they're going at any given time. Yes. The world. I've been playing too many mystery games, too much Nancy Drew All going right. on. So Azura explains that each of them has a powerful energy inside of them that can be thrown into the world as a brilliant magical light. For example, to coax open the first blush of spring, we will need to focus on your light energy. So she asks Alina to try and cast that inner light energy on the flower. Alina tries. This feels like magic class again. Yeah, it really does. Alina tries, but it's different because now the energy is coming from within and it's not separating it from the water. So that's the difference. So Alina tries, but nothing happens. Sunbird starts to laugh. And like, this is where I was like, Azura, make her stop. Like, be a good teacher and just be like, Sunburst, this isn't okay. Like, we have to learn. Yep. This is Pure the whole point of class. Alina tries again. She can't control the light, though. She does get the light, and she accidentally hits Sunburst, turning her blue. Sunburst retaliates. She turns Alina orange, and then Alina sends another shot at Sunburst before Azura stops them. And Azura says, never. 
point your spells at another apprentice. And then both of them in unison go, she started it. Fantastic. Classic. Classic. Azura doesn't care, but she does a spell that reverses the spell. And she is mad. And she says, this time we'll say it was an accident. But I never want to catch anyone using magic on another apprentice again. They both agree. They go back to the lesson. Yeah. But this is so where I had, we cut away. Yeah. I I was wondering, why was Dizzle there when Glee wasn't? I don't know. Dizzle is not loyal. No. Bibble always sticks to Lena. Dizzle? No. Um, Dizzle saw Dizzle. Bibble and was like, I want that. Yeah, that one instead. Uh, <laughs> they absolutely just pulled a Wonka and turned her blue. Um, oh. I doubt... I, d- I doubt this movie gave people new fetishes, though. Uh, don't ask. Don't ask if you don't want to know. I don't want to know. Moving on. Okay, cool. uh, <laughs> and then I actually was like... Uh, well, one is sometimes they need magic words to do spells. Inconsistent. When they're doing their light stuff, don't need don't need words. When she does the reversal spell, needs, needs words. words. Unclear. Um... I also had a half guess here, which was just that not supposed to use magic on other apprentices. Someone is going to, this is going to happen later. At oh, 100% a it's going to happen later. It might still, but I kind of missed the point of the scene, which was the reversal spell. That part was the important part that they used later. Yeah. So and not long later. Again, no suspense in these <laughs> movies generally. That's why I'm, that's why I'm still not sure about that tooth fairy guess of mine. <laughs> because Usually there's just one thing immediately, but it hasn't but yeah, yet. who knows? Who knows? So Alina explains that Sunburst hated her from the moment that they met, and maybe Azira made a mistake. She's explaining this to Lyndon. They're on a walk, and Lyndon says Alina is the most talented apprentice here. And then a frog shows up. It's Laverna in frog form, toad form. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. She's a toad, and... She is limping. It's all fake, but she's limping. Lyndon translates as Laverna tells him that she's from the bogs of the hinterlands and she's been cursed by an evil fairy witch. And I was like, oh, Alina's going to put together that this might be Laverna and that Absolutely you know, not. this is where the exile was. I, I was wrong. She has put together that, uh, you know, the Laverna probably, you know, uh, did the terrible thing to this? She knew Laverna was in the person. hinterlands. Yeah, but like so. Lyndon's confused on why Laverna would curse a toad. No one's sure, and a curse can only be unbroken by a fairy undoing spell. Lyndon's pretty sure they haven't learned that, and Alina realizes that she has last night with Azura. So she does the spell, mm-hmm. turns Laverna back into Laverna from toad form, and then. Laverna is like, ha ha ha, you miss me? She's back, baby. Let's oh, yeah. go. Laverna's back. Let's My go. favorite character is back. Let's go. LFG? Yeah. Let's let's go. So Laverna is just like, I'm back. Lyndon's very confused because he's thick. And Laverna tells Alina that she just signed Fairytopia's death warrant, if she will. And then she flies away. And Alina and Lyndon fly off to tell the Guardians that Alina has accidentally, you know, brought Laverna back 
from toad form and that is where we are ending this episode because this is as far as either of us have watched oh i had one more scene after that oh this is as far as i watched this was oh no 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 i was saying things based off the very very next scene do you want me to go over it super fast I mean, why not? It's not really going to ruin anything. So okay. I don't take notes of like what's happening in the movie the same way you do. We will go over the scene again at the start. Yeah, yeah. Of the we'll next go over episode. at the beginning, but I just want some context for what I have been saying. So we'll add this. Sure. Um. So I call this the magic orb catch scene because uh, Shimmer, Sunburst, and uh, Nurse and uh, Faven are playing a game of catch with the fair. The fairy ball. That's it. That is what they call it. Uh, Fabian not really participating, just looking in the mirror. But the two of them playing, they're throwing it back and forth. Uh, Alina and Lyndon come by and they're like, have you seen anything weird? Um, and they're like, no. And then uh, Shimmer like throws the ball and uh, Sunburst misses it and goes out into the bush, some bushes and she goes to get it. So I don't think she's actually there for when they ask if they've seen anything weird. Then they fly off. It cuts over. Uh, Sunburst pops out of the bush. They're like, how long does it take to get a ball? Pops out of the bush. Something is obviously going on with her. And she smiles maliciously. And the scene kind of ends. And that's where I ended that. So uh, one, brainwashed or is Laverna? That's what I've been saying. That might be the other chance of that's the wish of I wish she would just disappear. Um, okay. That's the other thing she might not wish for. Um, uh, or be careful what she should wish for. Um, to be fair, I did guess right before that, that maybe Laverna will impersonate Sunburst to sneak in because I realized Sunburst was out of the scene right after that and stuck in some bushes. And I probably wrote that down like literally right before it cut over to her popping up. Yeah. yeah. So what is your prediction for how this film is going to end? So Laverna is, has either, is either controlling Sunburst or is a, or is acting as her, obviously. I think, so Alina's going to go tell the Guardians. Um, I suspect that they're going to be like, okay, we'll keep an eye out, but we must continue your classes so that we can complete the Song of Spring. Um, I think Laverna is going to sabotage during the classes. There might be a training montage, bonus points if there's a song that plays that has lyrics during it um that's just a general guess i just want that that's just me um so uh, i think laverna is going to sabotage this and then at some point um it's going to be revealed that sunburst is laverna either by alina somehow stumbling upon the real sunburst like tied up and held by probably max or just in the woods or Laverne is going to accidentally reveal something about herself and Alina puts two and two together and is like, hold on a second. That's out of character. Um, and then the conflict is going to happen. It's going to get really, really close to when they need to do the right, the dance of spring, because of course everything happens at the last minute possible. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, and Laverne is going to be like controlling where they need to go to do it. Presumably, like in the Crystal Palace for realsies, because we haven't technically been in the Crystal Palace yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at, <sighs> do I want to censor that? Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, do I want to say that I don't know? I'm stuck between if Alina gets a new necklace and new wings right before, uh, right before 
she fights Laverna and that helps her overpower Laverna or if she gets it at the end as a reward. Point is, teamwork makes the dream work and they defeat Laverna, they perform the ritual and everything's good because of course it has a happy ending. That's not even a guess that we just know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we then, then she gets that there's going to be a happy ending. Okay, I'm going to say that she gets the new wings and dress and magical girl transformation before fighting Laverna because all of the fairies team up and give her their powers Ooh. to fight her. Okay, that's my guess. Um... Okay. Bo uh I had a shoot, I had a side thought there where I was like, oh, what other wild guess can I make? Well, I'll see if I can remember it as you go through yours. Sure. So my guess is very similar to yours. Pretty much I was like, all right, sunburst, because I didn't watch that catching scene. Just because like I think our timestamps were slightly different just on how we were watching it. So I had hit the timestamp yeah, that you had That's given what... me. So, For the record, I told you the catch scene. I'm not gonna lie. I thought by the catch scene, you meant the magic, like, attacking scene. And I was like, ah, catching. So, like, that's on me. Um, nope. So, yeah, that, that that's very much on me. But oh, well. pretty much, I was like, okay, cool. Like, what's gonna happen is that Sunburst is gonna be either t- controlled by Laverna or is working for Laverna, one of the two. And, you know, what's gonna happen is that they will tell the guardians what's going on. They're going to keep an eye out and just be like, okay, well, we'll keep an eye out, but we have to keep doing training and they're going to keep doing training, keep doing training. But as they keep going, nothing's going to happen. Like there's probably like a training montage or whatever. And then for some reason, the guardians can't do the flight of spring this time around and it needs to be the apprentices and so what's going to happen is that at that time laverna slash sunburst is going to try to sabotage this it's all going to happen at the last second probably while they're doing the flance and doing the little dance around and that's when i think like everything's kind of go haywire everyone's gonna come together in the last minute understand what's going on and then everyone's going to give their powers to elena and she is going to get some new fun thing and it looks like it's gonna be new wings and a new look and she's going to then have all the power to then beat them and that's why she is going to have to use magic on another apprentice because she will have to then defeat sunburst because Sunburst has turned, and then they will still be able to complete the spring, the festival, and they'll still get the first rainbow of spring to happen. But it's, like you said, all going to be last minute. I do think that Bibble is going to be a big reason of either why Max or Laverna gets caught. And I think Bibble is going to have that going on, and Dizzle's probably going to help him. I just don't fully trust Dizzle yet. But I think Bibble's going to do that. But Bibble is still not going to get any recognition for his part of the help. I'm just excited to see the Bibble-Dizzle sex scene, all right? Well, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to this episode. Griffin, thank you so much for joining. I know you don't really have social media. So is there anything you want to tell the people before we sign off here? I actually might have something to plug this time. Oh, I can make no promises that it will actually things will actually be released by the time this comes out Uh, because I don't know if we're that fast or good at it. But um, I 
think I'm starting a podcast with a friend potentially. Uh, I know rare these days. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who has podcasts anymore? Um, I might be starting a podcast with a friend. Uh, so if you want to, this one will not be censored. Uh, not the not what I'm about to say. Just the podcast. <laughs> I'll look for a podcast titled "To Be Titled Later." As far as I know, that's the title we're going to go with because we've stuck with it so far. And it sucks, but whatever. That's beautiful. That's part of the bit. Yeah. Well, so look for that on whatever. Wonderful. Ladies and gentlemen, if that is out, I'll definitely let y'all know during the intermission. And if it's out when this releases, and if it is, I'll be sure to leave a link. Oh, God. Not by the time you record the intermission. What? But I don't know when you record the intermissions before you release these, but. Like a few days before. Like within, I still within, I still make no promises within a week of releasing. So yeah, it's fine. If it's out, then I'll be sure to link it. If not, I'll let you all know when it comes out. And you know, Griffin will be back on next week as we continue to talk about this film and find out what tiny bit of suspense is there and how that ends. But until then, thank you all for listening, Griffin. Thank you so much for joining, and we'll catch you later.